Well, hello and welcome to another Mike's Beer Bar Afternoon Ask Anything. I'm Dan Kovacevic and he's Alex Stumpf and we're both from DK Pittsburgh Sports and this is what we do. We cover sports. Hi, Alex. Hey, Dan. <laughs> what a ridiculous episode this is already turning out to be. This one might win us the the video podcasting version of a Pulitzer. What is that? Is that look, they should like, what should it be called a Kovacevich after this episode? (laughs) What should that, right? Exactly. They should have like, you know how the MTV awards have that thing of popcorn that they give out. We should have like a thing of, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't have a foam brick within arm's reach. You have no, you have no props available for this joke here. Daniel in Brazil says, Hey, uh charles says let's go pens hoping for a win tonight i'm guessing you're not alone on that front and ed says hello to dk sports best in the berg what do the pens need to do to get back to winning tonight well here's my excessively simple answer what they need to get back to is game three that's it uh they lacked it they lacked the proper energy, pizzazz, whatever. And sometimes when you hear that in sports, you think, oh, so they were lazy. They didn't take it seriously. No, man, sometimes you just don't have it. And they didn't. They came out in the first 10 minutes the other the other day in, in, in Long Island, and I, I was looking at them, and I'm going, really? Really? This is what you're going to bring to this? And that was that was it. You know, that's how it played out. Alex gets to watch hockey tonight. I never get to watch hockey. He never gets to watch hockey. I'm not going to be able to provide any analysis or anything, but I can sit there with a beer in hand and be like, yeah, Jeff Carter's pretty good. My man, Danny, who's a lifelong hockey guy and on whose goal I I assisted about three or four years ago in my triumphant return to the rink, asks, I'm going to change things up. Your gut now on who the Bucks will take in the draft. I'm still on lighter. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but you reason... are, but what are they? You yeah, I are. Know. I know you like him. Well, Dennis is asking for the gut right now. All it? right. It's a deep class. Like it's, it's not like next year whenever there's green and he's the consensus top one, you know, the best high school prospect, probably since Bryce Harper to come into the draft this year. If the Pirates are in the same situation as last year where they had the seventh overall pick, it's not going to be like this huge drop-off from number one to seven. Obviously, you get your pick of the litter there. There's still a lot of guys, but if you check out the mock drafts, it changes every single time. I still don't know why anyone would go against Slider, especially now that he showed, oh, yeah, it wasn't arm fatigue. He's back. Just had a couple bad starts. You're allowed those. Well, that's that's the thing where, where I know this. Outlets that do predictions, forecasts, rankings for drafts hate conformity. They hate to look like the other outlet. Now, Alex, you know what I'm talking about here because it's it's not just baseball. In football, even in a draft where Trevor Lawrence is like screaming at the top of the class, every once in a while you'd still see somebody else get thrown around up in that range, Uh, but especially goes for baseball. Yeah. Because, because baseball, I mean, football, we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going 1-1. Baseball, how many people legitimately know about the high school scene that's going on now besides scouts oh. and the people who are, you know, for Baseball America, MLB, Pipeline, places like that? Not a whole lot of people. 
No, or so, how to take it seriously. Like if you watch, yeah. if, if you're Jordan Lawler at a shortstop in Texas, uh, if if he's out there and he goes five for five, but what do you take it seriously? Do you have any I mean, idea? You know, I, whenever Austin Hendrick, the kid that from West Allegheny who was drafted last year, mm-hmm. one of the big things that they just said a problem with Western Pennsylvania baseball is you know a lot of these guys are throwing 70 miles per hour okay you can crush 70 miles per hour how much faith do you put into that which there's a showcase scene now and there's you know you could get information that way where you're playing against the top high school level players in the country but actual game results no i don't think you can really take anything from high school daniel says uh dk do you think there'd be any benefit to switching jared mccann and jason zucker um maybe uh you know to me Zucker scored the beautiful goal in game three. I'm not about to take that one away from him just because he hasn't been all that great otherwise. McCann, to me, is the is the variable here because we all saw, Alex, how explosive he was for pretty much the half of a season just now. But what ends up happening, you put him on a line with Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter's just sizzling. What do you do if you're McCann? You just get in the puck. And that's all McCann ended up doing. And... Uh, that can that can take away from production. Isn't the hot hand fallacy apply to hockey as well? Oh, sure it does. Yeah. Well, but it, it, it can be a fallacy, but then think about it in basketball. Is it a fallacy in basketball? You're I looking... mean, that's where it derives from, where you just remember, you know, oh, he had another three. Not, oh, he just missed four before that. Yeah, no, exactly here. Nita asks, uh, was the Pirates pitching just that bad, or did anyone think something fishy was going on at Truist Park? Uh, Greg Brown and Bob Walk both sounded incredulous with some of these homers. It's high elevation. I mean, I mean, throw away the Defoe ones, because that was whatever. But, like, Brubaker gave up, what was it, three? Was it yeah, three. three. It was three. Yeah, it, that's out of the norm for him we haven't really seen him get hit that hard overseas but some of them weren't exactly crushed there were a lot of homers in that series that were in the first row or two that if it was in pnc park would have been loud fly outs or doubles into the notch so no i don't think there's anything fishy going on they're just a really good offensive team and a team that just didn't pitch well for a series in a ballpark where you can't afford to make that many mistakes Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Keith Hadley asks, which Steelers draft picks will start the first game? I like the way you word that, Keith, because what you're doing there is you're really throwing a Kendrick Green question out. Because the idea whether or not Ken can be ready to be the starting center, wearing Marquise Pouncey's 53, uh, that's that's maybe asking a lot, and maybe B.J. Finney will be that guy, but I'll, I'll – I'll, I'll see you here. I'll play your game. And Najee Harris is going to start. There's my first gutsy call of the day. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I think that might be the hardest one to gauge here. Because if Fryermuth goes into Latrobe and 
blocks people, and I mean blocks people, there is something about this head coach where he will gravitate toward that tight end no matter how much he or the coordinator or the quarterback value Eric Ebron's pass-catching ability. From there, we are talking about Kendrick Green. And Kendrick Green, to me, if he's ready in game four, I really don't see why he isn't ready in game one. You know, I, I don't see what happens and because I, I hear this so often. But what magical thing happens with him taking second-team snaps in practice between weeks one and four where you go, oh, yeah, he'll he'll get that job by week four. Why? Why? And when – go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. Well, I mean, just – for Finney, I think Finney's going to start. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a logical thing. Go with the veteran hand there. Yeah, maybe the week four, the week eight, whatever it ends up being. I don't know if he'll you know, run the course with it, but just a veteran guy, someone with a little continuity there. I also think Ebron is going to be starting because this is still Ben's team, and that's he's going to want the weapons out there. And until – they really have that offensive identity. However, Harris impacts it. I think it's going to be probably pretty similar to last year, at least to start the year off. And that really revolves around, you know, shorter 10 yard routes at max where Ebron really did well for the most part. I think the catch might be with Ebron is that he's going to have to catch on to this wide zone blocking scheme. He's going to have to adjust or the coordinator is going to be going like this. It's me or him. You know what I mean? Because the coordinator's putting his neck out on the line with his system. Week one. Week one, though. I, I, I think – I don't think he's going to be starting the whole year, too. I think that's definitely – yeah, baby Gronk is going to take it by the end. Yeah, but. right, right. Although, Friermuth says he hates that nickname. I'm sorry. I love it. Cool. I don't cover him, so I'm going to call him that. Tim Allison says, DK, between podcasts, travel, et cetera, when do you guys actually sleep? Um, I'll speak for myself first. I actually I, – I sleep. I just sleep when you don't. <laughs> I, I woke up about an hour ago because I do most of my stuff overnight. Uh, and I kind of do the like the last run through of the website. It's something that I've always felt uh, is, is kind of important here because most of our readership and our traffic does come first thing in the morning. So I try to make sure that we've got our best face on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mine's not as <laughs> an extreme sleep schedule as Naylon's, but... I mean, I'm a night owl too. I mean, you're sp sports writers. Yeah. We're sports writers. You show me a sports writer anywhere that says, "Oh, up, ten o'clock, let's go." You know, News nobody... doesn't break in baseball at eight in the morning. That's nice. Well, that's the other thing about sports is that we generally can sleep through the morning and not worry that stuff's going to happen because it just, you know, really doesn't. Yeah. Um, Kurt says if the Penguins go out in the first round again. Would you think anyone and everyone is on the hot seat? I, I've been kind of shying away from these hypotheticals because you can do that with anything. If the Steelers go 7-10, and 10, if they do it, you know, because we can ask it in the other direction. You know, if the Penguins win in the first round and they advance to face Boston after everyone said they weren't even going to make the playoffs, do you offer Mike Sullivan an extension? But I never hear that one, you know. I never hear, like uh, – you know, including as it relates to the Pirates, Alex, I, I just I don't hear anyone saying, what if this happens? Then what? It's always something bad. To answer Kurt's question, who would be on the hot seat besides Sullivan in that scenario? But how would even Sullivan be in the that, hot seat? No I, I, it's not going to be. Look what he just. Gone. They're not going to change GMs again. You understand that Mike yeah. Sullivan could win the Jack Adams award here. 
So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and on merit, you know? I mean, I'm just saying Sullivan just as like the realm of possibility because they're not going to go with three GMs within what, a, a 10 month span? No, 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 no. Yeah. So, like, Gee, who, they they're not getting here. rid of Gino. They're not getting rid of Sid. So, who, who are we talking about here? Uh, Kyle wishes us a, a great day and also says, let's go, Pens. Uh, Brian thinks this would be a great time to bring up the Seattle expansion draft. Hard pass. Uh, he does ask who the Penguins will leave unprotected and why should it be Zucker? So he's actually making an underlying point there. Did we not see Zucker's goal in game three? Where did where did this Zucker bashing come from? I was watching Pirates, so no, I didn't literally see. It was goal. it was pretty it was pretty special here. Uh, Robert says, "Is there any way that nutting?" We'll get someone in here who can hit the long ball. Yeah, you want the owner going out and getting the players. Losing 20 to 1 does not help the fans going to the gate. The only thing I have to say to this, Robert, don't be one of those people who says nutting this, nutting that. He's not making the baseball decisions in any capacity. He doesn't have, he doesn't even, like he's involved, okay? And Alex and I see him around the ballpark and around the team, but he does not get involved in the baseball stuff he just doesn't in fact one of my points of criticism of him over the years is that he hasn't been involved in vetoing and or pushing certain things so let's do better than the radio thing here go ahead alex uh internally mason martin and o'neill cruz are two guys who i expect we'll see in 2022 who definitely have river power in their bats you know the type of guys who just can crush the ball doing really well in altoona to start you believe in mason martin eh, kind of yeah that's where i am that's why i said that. i i i believe in the power i don't know if i believe in the ball play yeah that's, a, that's not a that's not a great thing to believe in in a double a hitter you know there's lots I mean, of other traits you want to see oh yeah i get that i get that. i also suspect that this might be an off season where maybe the parts float a little bit more in the free agents market because they just have well first they have the polanco money coming off the board here and and also the neil huntington and clint hurdle money and all it's a really oh, yeah. free agent class. that's really right free agent class you've got a lot of prospects coming up and that's going to be really cheap maybe this is the type of year where it's like you know if the cubs aren't going to be looking at anthony rizzo seriously should we type of deal that reminds me to share with Robert Fulton that Nutting, who's now being tasked with going out and finding home run hitters, Nutting was the one who ate $17.6 million to fire all those guys. That was not money that was like, that wasn't like cap money or monopoly money. That was actual money that was paid out just for those guys to go away and go vacationing somewhere with Derek Bell or wherever it is. Tim Allison says, do we know if Brian Hayes is on track for early June? Moran evens any hits, any hits. I like that approach, Tim. Uh, yeah. Hayes can come off of the IL June 3rd. I'd be pretty surprised if he's not back June 3rd or 4th. He homered yeah. yesterday in Indianapolis. And even if you slow pace, uh, his rehab down there, meaning have him play one game down another game, and we'll see how that ends up playing out in Indy. But yeah, there's no way. I mean, that's that's eight. No, it's ten days away. It's ridiculous, actually. Did they did they mess up, Alex? I mean, it's 
Do I think Hayes could be playing right now? Probably. Yeah. Do I think he could have been playing a week or so ago? I don't know. And is that worth, you know, not having the 40-man roster spot available for to get a guy another week or so early? Oh, yes. What are they using these? That one, I, I'd, I'd answer that in a heartbeat. They're using these things on steaming piles of nothingness. Well, yeah. They need they need warm bodies at the moment, and yeah, Vargas isn't the answer. Kyle no, isn't the answer, that but, that know. that would not win the argument. Mister Eric says, "Is it too early to ask for the Steelers' record next year?" Of course it is, Mister Eric, but you did it anyway. Uh, I do see the Steelers as having a, a a winning record. I do see the Steelers as contending, competing with the Ravens and the Browns uh, for the division. Every time they get ruled out, every time they're over the hill, every time they're done, all they end up doing is what exactly what they did last season, which is being right there with the Ravens. And then they did win the division, by the way, this disastrous, calamitous season that we all look back on with such ruth. They won the division. They they ran the North. Yeah. I'll say ten and seven, Eric. I'll give an answer. <laughs> It's a tough schedule, though. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna. This like I could look at last year's and go, "Oh yeah, oh, they're gonna run this one." Uh, could we see? Sherrod asks, "Could we see Christian Bethencourt in Pittsburgh in the near future?" Michael Perez is hard to watch at the plate. As long as we're being clear here, Sherrod, that Michael Perez is hard to watch at the plate from either angle. Either the side, the part where he's holding the bat and facing the plate, or the one where he's behind the plate. Oh, this is fine defensively. I don't think he's that good. He, I mean, he's, maybe it's because we're spoiled by Stallings, but he's just horrendous with the bat. I mean, yeah. First of all, defensively, he, he is no Jacob Stallings, and that's not no really, one is. No yeah, one is. Like, Stallings is <laughs> top five if we're being very loose with that defensively. But uh, Betancourt, maybe. I mean, he's off to a hot start, but he's you're arranging deck chairs on the Titanic whenever with you're those backup catchers with yeah. Perez and Betancourt and Joe Hudson and Arden Pabst and whoever you really want to get into that mix you're it's six and one half dozen of the other they're all basically the same um Travis questions your sanity says Alex Stumpf was watching the Pirates over the Penguins game I think we've heard enough um hey Travis what do you do for a living <laughs> do me a favor answer that question <laughs> ask Alex how much everyone on staff would appreciate it if Alex were not watching the Pirates game. <laughs> yeah. um, I might have been watching Pirates even if I wasn't. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I, that's, I've done playoff that's, runs watching Pirates also too. That's why we do things this way. Um, Polly says, uh, since the Capitals are out of the playoffs and have won only one cup, during Alexander Ovechkin's time, will the media say anything about not being able to win the big one? No, of course not. He just did it. I mean, it was 2018. I mean, this isn't Dan Marino here. I mean, this is, you know. You can't say you didn't win the big one if you won the big one. I mean. Yeah. I mean, what the back-to-back cups for Sydney and Gino, those were the, the legacy like secures like you can't say oh the only one won and man two superstars they should have won more no that that's just out the window they won three you know and they got a chance here for a fourth it's ovechkin won one that's not he's not barry bonds he's not dan marino he's not a lot of players who just never won the big one. Oh yeah i mean this is this isn't even you know this, this isn't even you know interesting 
uh, this particular discussion. We'll be right back after a 30-second break. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Welcome back to the Mike's Beer Bar Afternoon Ask Anything, which is brought to you by Mike's. That's why we call it the Mike's Beer Bar Afternoon Ask Anything. And it's located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, the side with the the Willie Stargell statue on it. Um, if you haven't been to Mike's, it's hard to describe. You hear the word bar and you think sometimes, you know, oh, it's like bar. Now, this is a really, really nice place uh, with tremendous uh, original chef crafted food uh it it's a it's a place that's well worth going out of your way whether or not you're going to the ball game and they fill up for the ball games you know pretty well with or without uh you know without anybody pushing it uh but the place itself is is worth a special trip get the beer there too i mean (laughs) you feel like you should sell the beer also so it's just called mike's beer bar yeah local it's a great going around the city if you actually just want to taste what Pittsburgh beer's like. You could get a good sample. Of that. Craig Cocker says, "How much interaction do the Steelers coaches have with players during the off season? For lack of a better term, do they get homework, learning a new playbook, blocking schemes, etc.? It depends on what level you're 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 talking about, Craig. First of all, the interaction is is pretty significant, but it also is governed by the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, they can't say." Uh, you know, coaches, if you're in the off season, the coaches can't say, hey, everybody at one o'clock, we're all getting today and doing this because you're not on the clock. You know, it's not a normal job. Um, what they do is, yes, there are playbooks, there are homework, especially for the rookies, especially for the rookies. Uh, those kids had a playbook before they came into the rookie mini camp last week uh, and they took it with them and they will have all kinds of other lessons that they'll that they'll learn along the way and be taught along the way. Let's see what else we got here. Shelton says, game five tonight, let's go. Pens, who do you have for tonight's game? Ooh, Alex, you go first. Pens rebound. I mean, back at home, day off, travel. Islanders have outplayed them from what I've seen in this series, but, you know, this is where – you rely on those deeper lines that the Penguins got to get that secondary scoring going. It just looks like a Penguins bounce back night. Depth is so important. It really is. And in games one through three, the Penguins completely erased this whole idea of the Barry Trotz defensive system and can't get through and everything else here. And yet now somehow we have all convinced ourselves that after a game four in which the Penguins clearly didn't have it, that the trot system is impenetrable and there's no way you're going to get through again. That doesn't add up for me. It doesn't. The default mode in this series is that the Penguins have been able to beat the trap, beat the Islanders to their net, and create lots of scoring chances and high-danger scoring chances. As such, one would have to think that they could do it again. So I'm with Alex. I do believe that they will take 
this game. I'm not going uh, anywhere past that here. Uh, Eric asks, Bucks are getting the first pick next year, too. And if so, who is it? What's that dude's name? Green. Elijah? Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. What is he? Really? Outfielder. Outfielder. He is, he is Bryce Harper 2.0 that they're building him up at. He's better than apparently anyone in this year's draft. Well, um, heck, let's tank, man. Trevor Cahill probably get back into the rotation. That that wouldn't hurt. Um, yeah, uh, no, I don't think they are going to get the first overall pick because the Twins all of a sudden just look absolutely garbage. The the Rangers don't look good. There are a lot of bad teams in the league right now, and I don't know if the Pirates are as bad as they were this past. Okay, year. but you're I saying right now at their level yet. You're saying right now, but let's not forget that if you move Adam Frazier, if you move Colin Moran, if you move Tyler Anderson, Alex, this team won't win a blessed game in the second half. The reason <laughs> you know? I think have the real chance of being traded are Frazier, are Rodriguez, are Anderson. I don't see Moran getting traded. Not yet, at least. No, neither do I. Richard Rodriguez, I agree with you on that. You, that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a I good... mean, he's, that's just selling high. His value will never be higher than it is this year. Now, Rich Rod, yeah, especially with the years of control and all that other stuff, you can you can actually get uh, you can actually get something significant for him here. Mark asks, "What changes should Mike Sullivan make, and why?" Number one is not personnel. And by the way, if you haven't heard already, Mark, the line combinations at today's skate were identical. He's not changing a thing. If you're waiting for that, now I'm sure they have a plan B in place like if the team comes out looking flat like that again then you could start flipping wingers you could start moving your Kapanins and your McCanns and your zookers and so forth but you are not anybody who's thinking that the penguins are going to mess with that first line they're not what you could see is a little more of what you saw of sullivan uh in the second half of the third period of game four where he had sid double shifting with jeff carter and jared mccann uh, in which case Freddie Goudreau took a seat on the bench. Um, I'm not adverse to double shifting the best player on the planet, you know, when times are tough. Uh, I, I don't think you want to make it a habit because you'll wear him down. But, you know, there's no harm in that. The biggest change, though, is to they need to chip and chase. Simple as that. You can't just... You, if you're not weaving through the neutral zone, you have no choice but to get the puck deep. Otherwise, you're just you're just playing right into their hands, which is silly here. Richard says, uh, is there any update on Stephen Brault? Um, curious as to what's going on. Um, I, I can jump in with that one, Alex, because I, I, I have heard that Brault is a uh, is like a mid-June guy. Yeah. Is I mean, that, that was always – Does that dovetail with the- what you've heard? Yeah, that was always kind of a pain. I mean, he's he's still in Bradenton. He's throwing right now, but not actually in game situations yet. His shoulder strains are tough. I mean, this is three years in a row that he's had something like this. Yeah, and and he doesn't, you know. I mean, I know he doesn't throw very hard to say the least. But you still got to be healthy to throw however hard. I mean, it, sometimes it's not even velocity. I mean, velocity can expedite, can make the more you know problematic with it but he's always been a type of guy that whenever he's going well he's repeating his mechanics he's throwing from a similar arm slot and whenever he isn't not only do the results go you injuries usually pop up afterwards and coming back into spring training having that pop up it sounds like that was kind of what happened again 
Let's talk Pirates deadline trades this summer. How low will management take it? Okay, again, if you're going to assess the trades based principally on the effect that they have on payroll, you're 1,000% missing the point. Okay, let, let's talk, Alex, about the Jameson Tyone I mean, trade. Let's do that. Who, who are they? Who, 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 it's Miguel Yahure, Ronzi Contreras, who's throwing 100 miles an hour and really should already be in AAA. Absolutely. Um, who else is in that deal? Kanan Smith Najigba, who's in Altoona and I think has a legitimate chance of being in the 2022 outfield. For Pittsburgh? Yes. Wow. I mean, that that's the real that's one of the two sleepers. The other one is Michael Escado, who infielder don't really know where he's going to go. Kind of like a right-handed O'Neill Cruz, not as tall, <laughs> but don't really know where he's going to pop up. This is all just real for, raw power. This is all yeah. just for Jamison Tyone, who's who was. I, I I look. I love the guy, and I'm not saying this in a mean way, but he's damaged goods in a half. Okay, he's had two Tommy Johns, not one. Okay, and this idea that like you trade somebody, you trade them for payroll purposes. Wait until you see these guys. I'm not towing the company line here. Okay. I'm just I, telling I, you if I, if I, if these prospects looked like they sucked, believe me, I'd say it. And so would Alex. I, I don't, I interpreted that question a little differently with like how low. I don't, I see low. I, I took it like bare bones. Like what are we talking about? Roster wise? Yeah. Roster-wise. I just hear payroll all the time. Maybe, maybe that's on me. Uh, do uh, Adam asks if, if we see a Stephen Nelson Steelers reunion, that would be a capital N and a capital O. Uh, when you burn the bridge with the Pittsburgh Steelers football club, you have scorched that baby to the ground. It no longer exists. The moment that Stephen Nelson used the word hostages, it took, I want to say, 20 minutes from the time he put that on Twitter to the time that the Steelers had their press release about his release on the same forum. Okay. And that's only because I'm sure that's as long as it took to process the paperwork and let the union and everybody else know, you know, get the facts to the league office. Uh, No way. Mike Tomlin takes that, that term Personally, remember the Le'Veon Bell thing? Remember what he said back then? We want volunteers, not hostages. If you don't want to be with the Steelers, there's the door. Ah, Let's see what else we got here. Ed has a football question, too. Will we see the Big Ben of old with the new offense, or will he throw short passes again down the field all season? Ed, he's got to throw downfield, man. You know, I mean, they got exposed. Alex, you saw the Cincinnati game, the game in Cincinnati, the one that was so unspeakably bad that people don't even like to talk about it. But it was the, yeah, it was the after effect of what Baltimore and Washington and these other teams did where they said, really, really? You think you're just going to beat us with a bunch of three yard passes? Okay. Here's all 11 guys in the same quadrant. Yeah. And and how did they beat Indianapolis the following week? Throwing downfield. Yeah. Yeah. In the second half. In the second half, first half, they were absolute garbage because they were doing the same thing. Right. And you know what? I'm, you know what I'm convinced did this? You know, we can overstate narratives and stuff like that in sports, but I'm convinced that Ben watching Phillip Rivers go downfield. Remember that one beautiful pass that Rivers threw near the end of the first half? And Ben's going, hang on a second. Same draft class here. 
I can do that too. Ben comes out all of a sudden. You start seeing these bullets downfield. And Ben knew how to throw a football. He remembered. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Fry says, hold off from Cancun. Can the Penguins figure out Sorokin? Uh, Colonel Fry, first of all, thank you for your service. And I don't mean your service to us in Cancun right now. I'm talking about your service in the military. And they don't need to figure out Sorokin. Sorokin's not that good. Uh, I'm going to be issuing the unpopular opinion here that Trotz has gone with the wrong guy. Varlamov, I know he wasn't great against the Penguins, but he's more experienced and more talented than Sorokin. Sorokin did nothing significant in Game 4. And the analytics, for the most part, will support me on that. Not entirely, but for the most part. Robert Fulton comes back to us. He is the one who wants Bob Nutting to find the power hitter. He says, the bottom line is, Pirates need to win before I die. Well, Bob, I, I hope they win before any of us uh, pass along to the next life. Alex, when will they win? I, this is something I think we said a long time ago, but someone asked, when would – who out of all the Pittsburgh teams, which one had the best chance of winning a championship? Yeah, yeah. And my hot take was starting in 2022, it's the Pirates. Just like where these three position, where these three franchises are positioned right now, and the Pirates just have this wave of talent coming up. They actually do. Yeah, they like actually do. Be be patient, Robert. I I mean, again, I'm not sitting here you know, making promises and stuff like that here. Prospects are prospects, and prospects can fall on their face from one level to the next, often without explanation. So what we see in AA and what we see in AAA does not always translate to the next level. However, however, when Alex is referring to a wave, he's 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 referring to quantity in addition to quality. Yeah. I mean, there are so many pitching prospects in this system right now. Where someone like Michael Burrows, a lot of teams would be like, yeah, I could throw that guy's like a number three, number four starter projected that. And there might not be room for him. He might be a bullpen guy. We've got time for a couple more today. Um, so a- anything else that you got here, this is the time to send it in here. Uh, Kevin Kramer, not the Kevin Kramer who played for the Pirates, by the way, Alex. It's just a reader. That's, that's popped up a couple times and that's crossed my mind. <laughs> Is that Kevin Kramer? Kevin Kramer. Really? Any news? Maybe it's only man. Luckily for this Kevin Kramer, that Kevin Kramer was never such a big deal that he'd have to be confused with, uh, you know, the other guy all that often. Ouch. Well, no, really, it's not like in Office Space when you know it was there was Michael Bolton, you know. <laughs> Untalented ass clown. Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> we we should do an entire episode just quoting. Office space. Kevin Kramer asks, I think we need offensive production from our top line. Sully must take advantage of the last change at both of the remaining home games to win the series. Yes, yes, and a thousand times yes. This notion that Sullivan has, and I am among this head coach's biggest proponents, but this notion that he has that the Sid line is above avoiding matchups or anything. No. If you have a chance to get him off the ice... And the analytics support this. When Casey Zizekas and, and Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin are out there, you take it. You take it 100 times out of 100. You change for the offensive zone draws. You take advantage of every single mismatch that's out there, not just with your forward lines, but also with your defensive pairings. Mm, 
let's see here. Kirk Weaver says the Pirates need to put themselves in a position where there are holes to fill that they use prospects, not waiver wire garbage. Yes, but you know who left them in this position, Kirk? Indianapolis is pretty barren right now, Kirk. I will say there is, with the exception of catcher, like every position, there are multiple, and I guess outfield to a lesser extent, but there are legitimate guys Lower. along the way. But what Ben Charrington has done to maximize the potential return is he's gotten these younger guys, like really young, 19, 20 years old, and just like, hey, we're gonna, it's going to take a couple years, but we're not in a rush. We'll build these guys up the right way. Just leaves them in a tough position for 2021 and 2022. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what this comes down to more than anything else is that the is that the Pirates need to fill up spots and there's even a catcher down there in Andy Rodriguez who was another one of those that was it was a not a lot of people remember that it was actually a three team trade yeah. uh, the Joe Musgrove trade they end up picking up a catching prospect from the Mets I don't know that he's great but he is off to a good start isn't he I think he's in Bradenton yeah he, he's a legitimate prospect and I don't mean that like he's the catcher of the future it's like okay this guy's actually a potential major leaguer type of deal, which you can't say for really any other backstop in the system right now. No, nor anyone other than Jacob Stallings at the Pittsburgh level, as long as we're, uh, as long as we're uh, calling it like it is here. Ah, Kevin Kramer says, now I have to watch office space again. That's the spirit. And that's a great place to end this particular program. The Mike's beer bar afternoon, ask anything shows up on all of these social media platforms Every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m., we rotate with the staff here. There will be a completely different group tomorrow. But we try to make sure that we have people on who can answer, you know, a lot of different questions here. So we have a good show like we did today where we're asking a lot of different things here. And actually, we're just going to throw one other thing here to Chris Cerrotti because he jumps in it. There's another prospect that Pirates should keep an eye on. Daniel Susak is a freshman on the University of Arizona baseball team. Great prospect. Uh and Jeff says, would Pittsburgh ever get an NBA team? No, this will never happen. Is there a market for it? There is not, but not necessarily even the way you think. Sports executives in Pittsburgh will tell you that the NBA, A, wants to have its own arena. Pittsburgh could never support an arena. The Penguins completely control this one. The NBA does not like to be the second tenant in its buildings. And also that we don't have enough of a corporate uh, community to support three teams that they'd never be able to fill their suites pittsburgh is already one of the smallest cities to have as many as three major league teams so anyway thanks to everybody for for this this was actually really really cool alex enjoy the hockey game tonight i will i will